How y'all doing there? Show sure, like to thank y'all for stopping by for another episode of this Removing the Illusion podcast. Man, look at here. Now y'all know before we get going here, I got to tell y'all what I'm smoking on tonight. And tonight, I'm smoking on something good and smooth. Now y'all know I always talk about Yeboy City down there in Tampa and Arturo Fuente. Well, tonight, man, look at here. I got an Arturo Fuente annual Maduro tonight. Man, this is a good stick here, man. Let me tell y'all, this thing here is a full-body cigar, man. I'm telling y'all, this is one now. This is my first time having this annual, this Arturo Fuente annual Maduro. This is my first time having this. This stick here, probably in the price range anywhere from $9 to $12. You know, this is a really good stick for the price point. Like I said, it's a full-body let me y'all, let me tell y'all for what these people say about it. I'm gonna tell y'all what I what I say about it. And this thing I'm smoking right here is a it's Fuente 94. You know, as far as you know, rating wise, it's a Maduro. It's a masterpiece. Let me see. Sorry, I choked up that. Now, one of the most sought after brands in the business. Y'all know Arturo Fuente down there in Yeboy City. They got a whole factory where they roll them at down there. Woo, man! But I'm just wondering why I ain't never had this stick here before. Man, that's something. You know what? I know why I never had this stick here before. Because I couldn't take a full body. I wasn't ready for a full body cigar. That's why I never had one. See, my palate is gone up now. Now I can handle these full body <coughs> cigars here. This thing here, man, this, uh, this Arturo Fuente and yo has the same blend Dominican leaf used in the equally famed Opus X. Now, y'all know anything about the Open X. That's an Opus X. That's a good stick there. But it features a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper, which has been extensively aged in Coke and cognac barrels. Ain't that something? Man, let me tell you, this wrapper has been aged in cognac barrels. This unique process results in a cigar experience like no other. Supremely smooth. And your products use amounts of richly nuances, flavorful smoke with a sweet finish and exotic intoxicating aroma fruity chocolate oak cedar brown sugar and spice the cigar is perfect and let me tell y'all something y'all know I always tell y'all soon as i puff on a cigar and that flavor i know is getting my in my lips i can tell it's gonna be a good stick and as soon as i fire this thing up let me tell you something i'm, I'm gonna use one of them big old words they use at them ivy league schools premiated my lips premiated <laughs> my lips premiated Man, with the nuances of this stick here, I, this is a good stick, man. I am so glad that my palate is going up where I can get a full body cigar now, where I can taste these nuances in these cigars. Because first, you know, when I start, first started out, I started out, I started out with an entry level cigar like a Macanudo, you know, which is a mild cigar. I call it entry level cigars. They got some, you know, they got some other little brands on the full body, but it doesn't give you the punch like like you know like Arturo Fuente you know or, or Opus X you know or, or some of your other Ashen cigars are like you know y'all y'all I mean y'all know lately here my favorite cigar I've been that San that uh, that uh San Cristobal XXL you know that uh I cannot say that name man I ain't even trying to say that name y'all go back on my website and y'all look at that 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 San Cristobal you know pop out. Papa, Papa Gallo, Papa Gallo, bad, good Greek boys, Harvey, Louisiana. I've been smoking that San Cristobal, Papa Yago here lately, so, you know, but this thing here, man, this thing here is giving that stick there run for his money, at least to me. So look here, y'all, ever around y'all little cigar spots, man, stop in and pick up one of these Arturo Fuente 
and Yaho Maduro. Now, let me tell you something. Now, I say I, I didn't pronounce that thing probably four or five different ways, but the spelling is A-N-E-J-O. And yo, and yo, man, I tell you, I, I, man, I tell you, Harvey from Louisiana, but it's Arturo Fuente and yo Maduro. Let me tell you something, this is a masterpiece of a cigar, like them folks say. Good stick here, man. But look here, tonight, you know, we're going to talk about interest rates, because on my little last podcast that, 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 that I kind of got carried away with myself when I was, you know, when we was talking about Sigmund Freud, you know, and I mean, you know, and I got to talking about, the, you know, the economy. You know, I got to take, take a look at this, this this economy thing, man, and, and how the, and how this thing worked. You know, it kind of, you know, actually it was. It, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm getting, getting ahead of myself. It, it wasn't a Sigma fraud. It's the last episode I did when I talked about Edward Bernay, Ivy Lee, the Masters of Propaganda, how this propaganda thing worked, and when one of the things I told y'all, you know, just from my perspective, because I look at this money thing and how this money thing here going. You know, from my perspective, the whole thing behind this coronavirus, you know, it's to slow the economy down because the feds can't, they can't raise interest rates. That's done. That's that just my opinion of what I think going on. Because like I say, whenever they tell you to look right, you better look left and then all around you except for right because it's a big distraction going on. And I think the big distraction is the economy. It's to find a way to slow the economy down and also find a way to slow down people buying stuff from China to teach China lesson. It's just my point. So I thought about that. I said to myself, you know what? Why don't I do a little thing on interest rates just to give folks an idea of how interest rate rates work, how it works, how it works to control the economy. So what we're going to do right now, we know we're going we're gonna to take a look at the economy. And I'm kind of hesitating right now because I didn't think about something. I thought I was working on another project I was working on with the International Mutual Fund. I think I'm going to have to bring y'all an episode of that. Or maybe I'll attach it to this one right here. Maybe I'll do a two-part. I'll show y'all how the interest work. Nope, 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 nope. I'm sorry. The internet, IMF, mutual phone, that's going to be a standalone standalone talk. Right now, this is going to be just something short short and sweet on high interest rate. Because I don't want to over-flabbergast y'all with too much stuff to where, you know, you can't really, you know, digest it. And... My little talks here, I want y'all, I always want y'all to go back. If you don't get it the first time, go back and listen the first time. Because this is very important, because it's like now with these interest rates, what's going on now with the economy. Like I looked at my 401k today, I lost $8,000 between the end of February and, and, and the day's day here in March. I lost $8,000 because the stock market didn't drop. Talk to my little advisor, I'm not taking that money. I'm going to let that money stay in there. I'm just let it do, do what it do. It's probably going to drop some more and drop some more, but you know what? I'm playing the long game at this point right now. But these interest rates are very important. See, this right here is the effects. See, you know what? I'm not, I'm not getting off into it right now. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I was about to start rambling. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to sit back here with my Arturo Fuente and yo Maduro. I'm going to take me some puffs here. I'm going to relax a minute. I'm going to let y'all get into this talk here. We're going to take a look at how interest rates work. And I'm going to catch up with y'all on the flip side. All right. Okay. I'm be right back. All right now. Have you ever heard of the phrase, follow the money? Well, follow the money, is a catchphrase popularized by the 1976 drama documentary motion picture All the President's Men, which suggests political corruption can be brought to light by examining money transfers between parties. When I look at the economy, the catchphrase I use is, 
follow the interest rates because your personal economic growth or loss depends on interest rates adjustments which could benefit borrowers or stagnate an economy and lead to failure. So, let's take a look at interest rates. First, effect of raising interest rates. The central bank usually increase interest rates when inflation is predicted to rise above their inflation target. Higher interest rates tend to moderate economic growth. Higher interest rates increase the cost of borrowing, reduce disposable income and therefore limit the growth in consumer spending. Higher interest rates tend to reduce inflationary pressures and cause an appreciation in the exchange rate. Higher interest rates have various economic effects. Effect of higher interest rates. 1. Increases the cost of borrowing. With higher interest rates, interest payments on credit cards and loans are more expensive. Therefore this discourages people from borrowing and spending. People who already have loans will have less disposable income because they spend more on interest payments. Therefore other areas of consumption will fall. 2. Increase in mortgage interest payments. Related to the first point is the fact that interest payments on variable mortgages will increase. This will have a significant impact on consumer spending. This is because a zero. 5% increase in interest rates can increase the cost of a £100,000 mortgage by £60 per month. This is a significant impact on personal discretionary income. 3. Increased incentive to save rather than spend. Higher interest rates make it more attractive to save in a deposit account because of the interest gained. 4. Higher interest rates increase the value of a currency, due to hot money flows, investors are more likely to save in British banks if UK rates are higher than other countries, a stronger pound makes UK exports less competitive, reducing exports and increasing imports. This has the effect of reducing aggregate demand in the economy. 5. Rising interest rates affect both consumers and firms. Therefore the economy is likely to experience falls in consumption and investment. 6. Government debt interest payments increase. The UK currently pays over £30 billion a year on its national debt. Higher interest rates increase the cost of government interest payments. This could lead to higher taxes in the future. 7. Reduced confidence. Interest rates affect consumer and business confidence. A rise in interest rates discourages investment, it makes firms and consumers less willing to take out risky investments and purchases. Therefore, higher interest rates will tend to reduce consumer spending and investment. This will lead to a fall in aggregate demand, AD. If we get lower AD, then it will tend to cause asterisk lower economic growth, even negative growth, recession. Asterisk higher unemployment. If output falls, firms will produce fewer goods and therefore will demand fewer workers. Asterisk improvement in the current account. Higher rates will reduce spending on imports, and the lower inflation will help improve the competitiveness of exports. Evaluation of higher interest rates. Asterisk higher interest rates affect people in different ways. The effect of higher interest rates does not affect each consumer equally. Those consumers with large mortgages, often first-time buyers in the 20s and 30s, will be disproportionately affected by rising interest rates. For example, reducing inflation may require interest rates to rise to a level that causes real hardship to those with large mortgages. However, those with savings may actually be better off. This makes monetary policy less effective as a macroeconomic tool. Asterisk time lags. The effect of rising interest rates can often take up to 18 months to have an effect. For example, if you have an investment project 50% completed, you are likely to finish it off. However, the higher interest rates may discourage starting a new project in the next year. Asterisk it depends upon other variables in the economy. At times, 
a rise in interest rates may have less impact on reducing the growth of consumer spending. For example, if house prices continue to rise very quickly, people may feel that there is a real incentive to keep spending despite the increase in interest rates. Asterisk real interest rate. It is worth bearing in mind that the real interest rate is most important. The real interest rate is nominal interest rates minus inflation. Thus if interest rates rose from 5% to 6% but inflation increased from 2% to 5.5%. This actually represents a cut in real interest rates from 3%, 5 to 2, to 0.5%, 6 to 5.5, thus in this circumstance the rise in nominal interest rates actually represents expansionary monetary policy. Asterisk it depends whether increases in the interest rate are passed on to consumers. Banks may decide to reduce their profit margins and keep commercial rates unchanged. Asterisk expectations. If people expect low interest rates and they rise unexpectedly, it may cause people to find they can't afford mortgages slash loans. The concern is that after several years of zero interest rates, people have got used to low rates. U.S. interest rates. Increased interest rates 2004-06 had a significant impact on U.S. housing market. Higher mortgage costs led to a rise in mortgage defaults, exacerbated by a high number of subprime mortgages in the housing bubble. In this case, higher interest rates were a significant factor in bursting the housing bubble and causing the subsequent credit crunch. Interest rates and recession. Rising interest rates can cause a recession. The UK has experienced two major recessions, caused by a sharp rise in interest rates. In 1979-80, interest rates were increased to 17% as the new conservative government tried to control inflation, they pursued a form of monetarism. In 1980 and 81, the UK went into recession, due to the high interest rates and appreciation in sterling. See recession 1981, interest rates also rose to 15% to tackle high inflation of the late 1980s, and also protect value of pound in ERM. Recent interest rates and UK inflation. Mechanics of raising interest rates. The primary interest rate, base rate, is set by the Bank of England slash Federal Reserve. If the central bank is worried that inflation is likely to increase, then they may decide to increase interest rates to reduce demand and reduce the rate of economic growth. Usually, if the central bank increase base rates, it will lead to higher commercial rates too. See, how are interest rates set? Effect of lower interest rates. A look at the economic effects of a cut in interest rates. Summary. Lower interest rates make it cheaper to borrow. This tends to encourage spending and investment. This leads to higher aggregate demand, AD, and economic growth. This increase in AD may also cause inflationary pressures. In theory, lower interest rates will asterisk reduce the incentive to save. Lower interest rates give a smaller return from saving. This lower incentive to save will encourage consumers to spend rather than hold onto money. Asterisk cheaper borrowing costs. Lower interest rates make the cost of borrowing cheaper. It will encourage consumers and firms to take out loans to finance greater spending and investment. Asterisk lower mortgage interest payments. A fall in interest rates will reduce the monthly cost of mortgage repayments. This will leave householders with more disposable income and should cause a rise in consumer spending. Asterisk rising asset prices. Lower interest rates make it more attractive to buy assets such as housing. This will cause a rise in house prices and therefore rise in wealth. Increased wealth will also encourage consumer spending as confidence will be higher. Wealth effect. Asterisk depreciation in the exchange rate. If the UK reduce interest rates, 
it makes it relatively less attractive to save money in the UK, you would get a better rate of return in another country. Therefore there will be less demand for the pound sterling causing a fall in its value. A fall in the exchange rate makes UK exports more competitive and imports more expensive. This also helps to increase aggregate demand. Overall, lower interest rates should cause a rise in aggregate demand, AD, equals C plus I plus G plus X, M lower interest rates help increase, C, I, and, XM. UK interest rates. UK interest rates were cut in 2009 to try and increase economic growth after the recession of 2008-09, but the effect was limited by the difficult economic circumstances and the after-effects of the global credit crunch. If lower interest rates cause a rise in AD, then it will lead to an increase in real GDP, higher rate of economic growth, and an increase in the inflation rate. Evaluation of a cut in interest rates. This shows the cut in interest rates in 2009, was only partially successful in causing higher economic growth. This is because many other factors were affecting economic growth apart from interest rates. Evaluation points. Asterisk will interest rate cut be passed on to consumers. If the central bank cut the base rate, banks may not pass this base rate cut on to consumers. For example, in the credit crunch of 2008-09, banks were short of liquidity and keen to encourage more bank deposits. Therefore, when interest rates were cut to 0.5%, banks didn't reduce their interest rates very much, so the interest rate cut had little effect on consumers. Asterisk it depends on other factors in the economy. Caterus paribus, a fall in interest rates should cause higher economic growth. However, there may be other factors that cause the economy to remain depressed. For example, if there is a global recession then export demand will be falling, and this may outweigh the small increase in consumer spending. Asterisk bank lending. Interest rates may be low, but banks may be unwilling to lend. E.g. after credit crunch of 2008, banks reduced the availability of mortgages. Therefore, even if people wanted to borrow at low interest rates they couldn't because they needed a high deposit. Asterisk consumer confidence. If interest rates are cut, people may not always want to borrow more. If confidence is low, a cut in interest rates may not encourage more spending. After 2008, we saw an increase in the savings ratio, despite interest rate cut, this was because confidence fell in the Great Recession. Asterisk deflation. If we had deflation then even if interest rates are very low, then people may still prefer to save because the effective real interest rate is still quite high. Asterisk time lag. A cut in interest rates can have up to 18 months to affect the economy. For example, you may have a two-year fixed mortgage deal. Therefore, you are not affected by the lower interest rate until the end of your two-year fixed mortgage term. Impact on different groups in society. A cut in interest rates will have a different impact on different groups within society. Asterisk lower interest rates are good news for borrowers, homeowners, mortgage holders. This group may spend more. Asterisk lower interest rates are bad news for savers. For example, retired people may live on their savings. If interest rates fall, they have lower disposable income and so will probably spend less. Asterisk if a country has a high proportion of savers then lower interest rates will actually reduce the income of many people. In the UK, we tend to be a nation of borrowers and have high levels of mortgage debt. Therefore cuts in interest rates have a bigger impact in the UK, than EU countries with a higher proportion of people who rent rather than buy. Impact on the current account slash balance of payments. One on the one hand, lower interest rates encourage consumer spending, therefore there will be a rise in spending on imports. 
this will cause a deterioration in the current account. 2. However, lower interest rates should cause a depreciation in the exchange rate. This makes exports more competitive, and if demand is relatively elastic, the impact of a lower exchange rate should cause an improvement in the current account. Therefore, it is not certain how the current account will be affected. Winners and losers from low interest rates. With UK interest rates close to zero, who benefits from low interest rates? In summary, the main effects of low interest rates are Asterisk savers will get lower interest payments on their savings. Asterisk borrowers, especially mortgage owners will see lower interest payments on their debt, increasing discretionary income. Asterisk the government can borrow from the private sector at a lower interest rate, reducing interest costs on public sector debt. Asterisk banks find it harder to be profitable and attract deposits. This can adversely affect the quantity of loans. Therefore, although it is cheap to borrow, in practice it may be hard to get the necessary finance. Asterisk the currency tends to fall, which is good news for exporters, bad news for importers. Winners from low interest rates. 1. Mortgage holders. With record UK house prices, mortgage interest payments are, for many, the largest part of their disposable income. A small cut in interest rates can lead to lower mortgage interest payments and more discretionary income to spend. Lower interest rates have helped reduce mortgage payments as a percent of mean take-home pay despite the rise in real house prices. Two firms and consumers wishing to borrow. The biggest fall in lending interest rates have been for those seeking an unsecured loan of 10k from a bank or building society, B of E key, I am to. Loan rates have fallen from 10% at the height of the crisis to just over 4%. This makes it cheaper to borrow for purchasing large items. Business lending rates have also fallen, reducing the cost of investment. 3. Government debt payments. The fall in interest rates and global insecurity has seen a fall in bond yields, the rate at which the government borrows. The interest rate on many short-term gilts has become negative. The interest rate on 10-year bonds has fallen. This fall in bond yields is occurring, despite a rise in government debt to GDP, and a persistent budget deficit. It is important for limiting the percentage of tax revenue spent on debt interest payments. UK debt interest payments as percent of GDP. Investment. In theory, falling interest rates make investment more attractive. The government can borrow to invest in infrastructure. With very low interest rates, investment projects can easily pay for themselves. Firms wishing to borrow in increasing capacity will also see lower costs of borrowing, giving potential for better rates of return. Exporters. If UK interest rates were to fall below the Eurozone and US, then this would make it less attractive to save in the UK, therefore, we would see an outflow of hot money and a further depreciation in the pound sterling. This would make exports relatively more competitive. This would benefit exporting firms, especially if they wanted to borrow to finance investment. Losers from low interest rates. 1. Savers. The most obvious losers from low interest rates are savers. This is particularly the case for people who have planned to rely on the income from interest payments and dividends. The cost of low interest rates becomes greater if inflation is above the interest rate. With inflation above saving rates, it means savers see a real fall in the value of their savings. This graph shows that in 2012-13, with inflation running at 3 to 5%, savers had a negative real interest rate, even with deposit saving rates. E.g. 2012, inflation 5%, deposit saving rate equals 2.8%. This is a negative real interest rate of minus 2.2%. Evaluation of savers. Though low interest rates are bad news for savers. 
it is worth pointing out. Asterisk pensioners have benefited from the triple lock guarantee which has seen a rise in the real value of state pensions at a time of stagnant real wages. Asterisk although savers gain lower income, the aim of low interest rates is to avoid recession and unemployment, which is potentially a much bigger cost to young workers affected by unemployment. Two commercial banks. The problem with low interest rates is that it can make it harder for commercial banks to be profitable. Commercial banks rely on lending at a premium to saving rates. In normal times, banks may attract deposits at say 3%, and lend out at 6%. This interest rate differential could be seen as a rough approximation at a profit margin. However, with lending rates falling, this has squeezed the profitability of banks. 3. Borrowers who face lack of credit. Lower interest rates are not necessarily all good news for firms and consumers who wish to borrow. The problem is that ultra-low interest rates can make banks reluctant to lend because they lack deposits and find it unattractive to lend. For example, building societies which rely on savers to deposit money may find with interest rates at zero, people keep hold of money or seek better yield returns. Therefore, building societies become short of funds to lend. Secured lending to individuals has fallen since 2008 crisis. This shows that after the dramatic cut in interest rates of 2008-09, bank lending fell. Although it was cheap, firms found access to credit limited. A further interest rate cut in 2016, could hit bank lending again, just as it starts to recover. For renters. People who cannot buy a house because they are too expensive, will not benefit from the low interest rates. Instead, they may argue that ultra-low interest rates are artificially inflating the housing market, leading to more profit for buy-to-let investors, but rising rent costs. The reasons is that in a period of ultra-low interest rates, investors look for better rates of return than normal investments so look to the real estate market. There are many factors pushing up house prices apart from low interest rates, but it shows not everyone benefits from low interest rates. Evaluation of winners and losers. Potential gain. If low interest rates do their job of boosting economic growth, preventing recession, and helping economic recovery, then the net gain will mean the economy in a stronger position for everyone to gain from economic growth. However, seven years of ultra-low interest rates haven't succeeded in returning the economy to normal growth, and now there are prospects of interest rates staying at zero for the foreseeable future. But, on the other hand, if interest rates hadn't been ultra-low, the economy would be in an even worse situation, which may have forced more spending cuts and lower real wages. Some gain more than others. Falling borrowing rates for mortgages and personal bank loans benefit those customers, who tend to be more affluent. However, the fall in base rates has had no effect on credit card loan rates. Low interest rates tend to have less impact for low-income groups who are unlikely to have mortgages or personal loans, but rely on inferior forms of lending, such as payday loans and credit card loans. Conclusion Given the deflationary pressures in the UK, and global economy, it is hard to see any alternative but to pursue a policy of low interest rates. It would make no sense to keep interest rates high with the aim of increasing the returns on savings. However, the policy does have important distributional effects, which may require consideration. The Bank of England is primarily concerned with primary macroeconomic goals of economic growth, inflation, and unemployment. They can't run monetary policy on the basis of microeconomic issues. Now, let's take a look at the impact of raising U.S. interest rates on U.S. and global economy. After keeping interest rates at close to zero for several years, the U.S. Federal Reserve has moved to finally increase interest rates. 
This increase in interest rates is more significant than usual because it marks an end to the unique circumstance of ultra-low interest rates. The Federal Reserve has also indicated they expect to raise interest rates three times throughout 2017. The Impact of Increasing Interest Rates To summarize Asterisk higher borrowing costs for firms, consumers, and government. Asterisk improved returns on savings. Asterisk appreciation in the dollar due to hot money flows. Asterisk likely deterioration in trade balance as U.S. exports more expensive. More interesting is what will be the significance for the U.S. and global economy, given this particular increase. One consumers have got used to very low interest rates. Mortgage and credit card payments are historically very low. Young adults will have forgotten periods in the 80s and 90s when interest rates were in double figures. Very low interest rates have encouraged people to take on debt assuming, perhaps, interest rates would remain low. According to TransUnion, around 92 million U.S. consumers have taken out loans on variable rates. The increase in federal rates will on average, increase monthly payments $6.45 per month. In the last year, the fastest growing area of credit card debt was the subprime market, 15% growth in Q3. This group of subprime borrowers will be most at risk from rising interest rates. There are fears of rising delinquency rates in 2017, as further rises feed through into higher debt payments. Saving rates still stuck. The rise in interest rates may sound good news for long-suffering savers but, so far, banks are not keen to raise deposit rates. Most banks are planning to increase loan rates from 3.5% to 3.75%, but deposit rates will be unchanged. Banks will be relieved to see rising interest rates as a way to try and improve profitability, profitability which has been hit by the period of ultra-low rates. Dollar Appreciation The significance of the rise in U.S. interest rates is that the U.S. is the first major economy to move away from the interest rate floor of 0.5% Europe, UK, and Japan are still grasping with their comparatively sluggish recovery. This means the U.S. could see a sharp rise in demand for dollar assets, pushing the U.S. dollar higher. Already, the euro has fallen to a 14-year low against the U.S. dollar. The weakness of the euro will help improve EU competitiveness and provide a welcome boost to EU growth, through trade to the U.S. is only a small share of the EU economy. Dollar-denominated debt Many emerging markets have borrowed in dollars. The appreciation in the dollar will increase the cost of dollar repayments, this will increase the share of debt paid for by emerging economies. Impact on China the rise in U.S. interest rates could increase the flow of Chinese financial assets out of China, causing a further weakening of the UN. Some analysts are concerned the Chinese economy is vulnerable to a boom-and-bust situation, with rising debt levels, this makes U.S. a relative safe haven and attractive place for deposits. On the other hand, the appreciation of the dollar will make Chinese exports even more competitive, boosting export demand and growth. It is not certain whether the Chinese economy would benefit from the stimulus of a depreciation or whether the inflationary effects would be harmful. Uncertainty of U.S. Fiscal and Trade Policy One uncertainty of the rise in interest rates is what will happen to U.S. fiscal and trade policy. An appreciation of the dollar will put pressure on U.S. exporters. This pressure could encourage Donald Trump to pursue more protectionist measures against China, which would also lead to retaliation. The other uncertainty is fiscal policy. In theory, the U.S. could see a strong expansionary fiscal policy with tax cuts, mostly for wealthy, and higher government spending. This would be inflationary and increase the pressure on the Federal Reserve to increase rates faster. This combination of expansionary fiscal policy and tightening of monetary policy could see strong consumer demand, 
but exporters squeezed by the strong dollar. Another uncertainty is the future direction of the global economy. Will the eurozone catch up with the US economy and also break out of near zero interest rates? Despite recent improvements, European unemployment rates are over twice as high. Too early to raise interest rates? Not everyone is bullish about the economy and supportive of higher rates. Skeptics point to the fact inflation is still below 2%, 1.6, and structural weaknesses in the economy, could make firms and consumers vulnerable to rising rates. For example, Paul Krugman argues it is better to err on the side of allowing too much inflation, than too little. The logic is that if inflation gets too high, it is relatively easy to reduce it through monetary tightening. But, if the recovery is snuffed out, there is less room for maneuver on the expansionary side. Now, let's take a look at the Fed's tools for influencing the economy used by the Federal Reserve. Left to their own devices, free market economies tend to be volatile as a result of individual fear and greed, which emerges during periods of instability. History is rife with examples of financial booms and busts but, through trial and error, economic systems have evolved along the way. But looking at the early part of the 21st century, governments not only regulate economies but also use various tools to mitigate the natural ups and downs of economic cycles. In the US, the Federal Reserve, Fed, exists to maintain a stable and growing economy through price stability and full employment, its two legislated mandates. Historically, the Fed has done this by manipulating short-term interest rates, engaging in open market operations, OMO, and adjusting reserve requirements. The Fed has also developed new tools to fight economic crisis, which emerged during the subprime crisis of 2007. What are these tools and how do they help mitigate a recession? Let's take a look at the Fed's arsenal. Key takeaways. Asterisk the Fed, America's central bank, is responsible for conducting monetary policy. Asterisk the primary tools that the Fed uses is interest rate setting and open market operations, OMO. Asterisk the Fed can also change the mandated reserves requirements for commercial banks or rescue failing banks as lender of last resort, among other less common tools. Manipulating interest rates. The first tool used by the Fed, as well as central banks around the world, is the manipulation of short-term interest rates. Put simply, this practice involves raising slash lowering interest rates to slow slash spur economic activity and control inflation. The mechanics are relatively simple. By lowering interest rates, it becomes cheaper to borrow money and less lucrative to save, encouraging individuals and corporations to spend. So, as interest rates are lowered, savings decline, more money is borrowed, and more money is spent. Moreover, as borrowing increases, the total supply of money in the economy increases. So the end result of lowering interest rates is fewer savings, more money supply, more spending, and higher overall economic activity, a good side effect. On the other hand, lowering interest rates also tend to increase inflation. This is a negative side effect because the total supply of goods and services is essentially finite in the short term, and with more dollars chasing that finite set of products, prices go up. If inflation gets too high, then all sorts of unpleasant things happen to the economy. Therefore, the trick with interest rate manipulation is not to overdo it and inadvertently create spiraling inflation. This is easier said than done, but although this form of monetary policy is imperfect, it's still better than no action at all. Federal Reserve System, FRS Open Market Operations The other major tool available to the Fed is Open Market Operations, OMO, which involves the Fed buying or selling treasury bonds in the open market. 
This practice is akin to directly manipulating interest rates in that OMO can increase or decrease the total supply of money and also affect interest rates. Again, the logic of this process is rather simple. If the Fed buys bonds in the open market, it increases the money supply in the economy by swapping out bonds in exchange for cash to the general public. Conversely, if the Fed sells bonds, it decreases the money supply by removing cash from the economy in exchange for bonds. Therefore, OMO has a direct effect on money supply. OMO also affects interest rates because if the Fed buys bonds, prices are pushed higher and interest rates decrease, if the Fed sells bonds, it pushes prices down and rates increase. So, OMO has the same effect of lowering rates increasing money supply or raising rates decreasing money supply as direct manipulation of interest rates. The real difference, however, is that OMO is more of a fine-tuning tool because the size of the US Treasury bond market is utterly vast and OMO can apply to bonds of all maturities to affect money supply. Reserve Requirement The Federal Reserve also has the ability to adjust banks' reserve requirements, which determines the level of reserves a bank must hold in comparison to specified deposit liabilities. Based on the required reserve ratio, the bank must hold a percentage of the specified deposits involved cash or deposits with the Federal Reserve Banks. By adjusting the reserve ratios applied to depository institutions, the Fed can effectively increase or decrease the amount these facilities can lend. For example, if the reserve requirement is 5% and the bank receives a deposit of $500, it can lend out $475 of the deposit as it is only required to hold $25, or 5%. If the reserve ratio is increased, the bank is left with less money to lend out on each dollar deposited. Influencing Market Perceptions The final tool used by the Fed to affect markets and influence on market perceptions. This tool is a bit more complicated because it rests on the concept of influencing investors' perceptions, which is not an easy task given the transparency of our economy. Practically speaking, this encompasses any sort of public announcement from the Fed regarding the economy. For example, the Fed may say the economy is growing too quickly and it is worried about inflation. Logically, if the Fed is being truthful, this would mean an interest rate increase is forthcoming to cool the economy. Assuming the market believes the statement from the Fed, bondholders will sell their bonds before rates increased and they experience losses. As investors sold bonds, prices would go down and interest rates would rise. This in effect would accomplish the Fed's goal of raising interest rates to cool the economy, but without actually having to do anything. This sounds great on paper, but it's a bit more difficult in practice. If you watch bond markets, they do move in tandem with guidance from the Fed, so this practice does hold water in affecting the economy. Term Auction Facility Slash Term Securities Lending Facility In 2007 and 2008, the Fed was faced with another factor that strongly influences the economy, the credit markets. With the recent interest rate increases and the subsequent meltdown in values of subprime-backed collateralized debt obligations, those investors were provided an unexpected and sharp reminder of the potential downside of taking credit risk. Although most credit-based investments did not see serious erosion of underlying cash flows, investors nonetheless began to require higher return premiums for holding these investments, leading not only to higher interest rates for borrowers but a tightening of the total dollars lent by financial institutions, which put a crunch on the credit markets. Due to the severity of the crisis, some innovation from the Fed was needed to minimize its impact on the broader economy. The Fed was tasked with bolstering credit markets and investors' perceptions thereof and encouraging institutions to lend in spite of worsening conditions in the economy and credit markets. To accomplish this, the Fed created the term auction facilities and term securities lending facilities.
Let's take a closer look at these two items. One term auction facility. The term auction facility was designed as a means to provide financial institutions with access to Fed dollars to alleviate short-term cash needs and provide capital for lending but on an anonymous basis. The reason it was called an auction is that firms would bid on the interest rate they would pay to borrow cash. This differs from the discount window, which makes an institution's need for cash public information, potentially leading to solvency concerns on the part of depositors, which only exacerbate concerns about economic stability. Two-term securities lending facility. As an additional tool to combat balance sheet concerns, the Fed instituted the term securities lending facility, which allowed institutions to swap out mortgage-backed CDOs in exchange for U.S. Treasuries. Because these CDOs were falling in value, there were severe balance sheet considerations as firms' asset values fell due to heavy exposure to mortgage-backed CDOs. If left unchecked, falling CDO values could have bankrupted financial institutions and lead to a collapse of confidence in the U.S. financial system. However, by swapping out falling CDOs with U.S. Treasuries, balance sheet concerns could be mitigated until liquidity and pricing conditions for these instruments improved. The Fed orchestrated takeover of Bear Stearns in 2007 was made possible through this newly invented tool. Bottom line. Overall, monetary policy is constantly in a state of flux but still relies on the basic concept of manipulating interest rates and, therefore, money supply, economic activity, and inflation. It is important to understand why the Fed institutes certain policies and how those policies could potentially play out in the economy. This is because the ebbs and flows of economic cycles offer opportunity by creating profitable times to either embrace or avoid investment risk. As such, having a sound understanding of monetary policy is key to identifying good opportunities in the markets. Alright then, what y'all think about that? Now y'all got an idea of how interest rates control the economy. You know, how it controls inflation. And you, I hope you got a better little idea of when you don't raise interest rates and you have to keep printing money, you have to keep printing money and, you have, and not so much printing money, but you got to keep the interest rates low in order to keep things stimulated. When you keep interest rates low to keep things stimulated, people get used to the low interest rate. And that's when I was talking, telling y'all about, everybody listening to one of my old episodes, I was talking about cheap money. Cheap, cheap money and the interest rates, both of them tie in because... You know, when the interest rates are real low, these these people be borrowing money from these banks because it's low, and they turn around and they spend it, and then they spend money on projects, whether they building uh, uh building houses in a real estate development area or investing in a plan or 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 buying another company up, right? They taking that free money at interest rate at zero, and they buying stuff with it, right? And then they turn around and make a profit off of it. And then they turn around and pay the banks back, right? Just on the principal. I mean, uh, just on yeah, the principal on what they borrow with no interest. That's just free money. And if they default on those payments, then they just made out like a band. They don't have to pay the central banks back anything or the banks back anything. So this, in, the way this interest rate thing was, this is how they, this is how the economy, this is how every economy gets controlled through these interest rates. And 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 the feds are smart. They They know that the economy is 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 in a is 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 in a runaway state. What I call a runaway state is when they can't control interest because peoples and governments like Donald Trump and all them guys when they get used to this cheap money at zero percent interest and they put pressure on the Feds and the central banks and the National Mutual Fund when they put pressure on 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 these folks to keep interest rates low, you know, and and, and to stimulate growth. Then 
they have to do something. This is why I think this coronavirus, all this stuff came from because it's perfect timing. I think I think the IMF and central banks, I think they say, okay, well, if these people is not going to because, let me tell you something. If the money system fall apart, then the bankers going to lose control. The IMF, the central banks, the Federal Reserve, if the system falls apart, they're going to lose control. And I tell you all the time that an entity has to look out for itself. Every entity wants to survive. Whether it's a cockroach or anything, or eagle owl, anything, it wants to survive. It's going to do everything it has to do to survive. So these people can't let the system fall apart. But the system is going to fall apart because people that got so used to this cheap money after 2008. The Fed's trying to do a good thing by lowering interest rates to stimulate the economy and growth, but they couldn't turn the pipeline off and raise interest rates because folks had got too used to it. And governments had got too used to it. This is why I tell you all the time, just in my personal opinion here. I'd rather the Federal Reserve and the International Mutual Fund, a separate body, running, uh, 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 running the monetary system of the country than I do governments and presidents because governments and presidents are in and out and they are pandering. Can you imagine if Donald Trump can just print money, print money, print money? Can you imagine if Obama could? Could you imagine if Clinton could? Could you imagine every four or eight years we have a different president than that? Right, they're gonna keep printing money. It's gonna devalue. They're gonna they're gonna have no physical control. Like Washington D.C. right now has no physical control, none at all. And I was thinking about this today. I was on my car. I was in my car driving home. And I was looking around at the infrastructure of, of of our country. The government has privatized everything. Everything is privatized. The government don't they, they don't do anything. To fix the infrastructure of this country or the upkeep the infrastructure of this company of this country. Everything has been outsourced to privatization. Now let me tell y'all something now. I think the private sector can do a lot of things better than the government. I think a lot of, I think the private sector can build things, manufacture better than the government can. I think I, I think I, I think I think I think the private sector can manage gas stations better than the government can. I think the private sector can do a whole lot. I think the private sector can send rockets to the moon like SpaceX cheaper than NASA can and the government can. Manufacturing, development, building, I think the private sector can do it a whole lot cheaper than the government. But the private sector cannot, the basic things that we need in this country like like uh, like, like like crazy houses, I, I, can't, I can't call them crazy houses, uh, mental, uh, mental houses, some of the health care, private in, in, in this industry can't do that. Running the prisons, privatized prison, private industry should not be able to do that. Those should be government functions. If there's a project to build roads or highways, the government should be in, involved in that. The Army Corps engineers. Now, the private sector can do that, but the private sector is always going to have price runs if there's no controls in place contractually to, 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 to keep them on target. Meaning if they don't be penalized for not making deadlines or using cheap material to cut costs. You see, the government is just too much privatization in this country. The government has no responsibility to the people no more. Everything is outsourced. You know, people tell me the other day they say to go get a they say to go get a flu uh, shot or uh, test for that little corona thing. Call you three thousand dollars. How the hell it costs people three thousand dollars? People pay taxes every year. Three thousand dollars to get tested. The that 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 should be free for its citizens. 
But it can be freedom of citizens because the medical industry has been contracted out. And these private enterprises going to charge for that kind of stuff. That's why there's no medicines and vaccines in this country anymore because everything they've been privatized now. You know, private private companies like uh, <coughs> excuse me, Parks and Davis and and, and and some of these some of these pharmaceutical factories, they're not making a lot of stuff anymore because there's no profit in it. There's no profit in vaccines. See, the government used to be the government used to pr- produce all that. The government used to make sure that it was vaccines on hand. Just in case things happen. But there's no vaccines because companies don't, don't make vaccines because it's not profitable. Because it's a private entity. See, the, see, the government has, has, has to make sure there's enough vaccines on hand. But our government does nothing that anymore. Now, I went from cheap interest to government, government responsibility. But see, all this ties back to the economy. The economy is ran by private entities in our country. And private entities, they thrive off of low interest rates. And low interest rates hurt the consumer when you put your money in the bank. Because that's why when you go to the bank now and you get 0.01% interest, that's because they don't want you saving your money. The object is not for you to save your money. The object is for you to spend your money to keep your money circulating on the economy. See, that's why the government really like black folks. Because black folks don't save their money. The government love black folks. Black folks don't save their money. You know, I was listening to the thing, they were listening to this podcast the other day, and they was mad at this, this, this one black guy because he said if you get black folk rep, rep, reparations, the only thing they're going to do is turn around and buy Cadillacs and clothes with it. Now, whether he's true or not, I don't know. And if you pay black people rep, reparations, what they do with the money, they do with the money. Because you gave reparations to the Chinese, I mean the Japanese. You gave you, 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 you gave reparations to all these other ethnic groups. You ain't asking what they gonna do with the money. So if so if you give black people reparation money and they go out and buy a Cadillac, a big screen TV, then they doing exactly what you want them to do. When the economy crashed, the one thing when George Bush came on TV and he said everything all right, y'all just go out there and spend money. But go buy something. Here goes some money for a TV because they want you spending your money. That was the thing because you remember one time they gave you a little two percent interest like a CD. I can remember before 2008, like 2006, I can go to the bank and I get a, I, I can get a, I get a CD at 5% interest for a CD. Let it mature for nine months and make me a little money off of it. You go, I got a CD now and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting 2% interest on my CD for the, for the, for the same nine months maturity time. That's crazy because they don't want you to say, they don't want you to say. And then the bank, the, the, the banks is not giving you high interest on CDs because remember, it's zero percent interest. They they take your money, give you zero 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 percent interest, the two percent interest, turn around and loan your money out. If if it's to a private citizen, they're gonna charge the private citizen. You know, the private citizen wanna borrow money, buy a car, something like that. They're gonna charge a private citizen an interest rate, maybe seven percent, four percent. But if they're taking part of your money and loaning part of your money, to an investor, they're going to charge him 0% interest. Or some government entity, they're going to charge them 0% interest. You see how that thing work? That's why they don't give you money, because they want you to spend your money. They don't want you to save your money. They don't want you to invest your money in, 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 in any, in any interest-bearing stock or anything. Now look, now, I'm not no professional on no money talk. I'm just giving y'all this from a poor man perspective. Now, I could be totally wrong about all this. 
But there's a whole lot of things that I'm saying that ain't right. But there's a whole lot of things I'm saying. If you look into it, it make a little sense. They don't want you to save your money. So that's why they give you 0.01% interest on your money. That's why the CDs out here ain't worth a hill of beans as far as interest. Because they're not making any money on, 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 on that money that they loaning out, on that cheap money they loaning out to these investors. And these investors ain't got so spoiled with it. And the government ain't got spoiled with it. That's why the government contracted everything out now. Let me tell y'all something. Something y'all don't probably realize. Some of these big corporations like General Motors and all the people like that. I can remember back then when 2007, 2008 when that Christ was about to hit. And I had to scratch my head when I learned about this here. It was a glass company in Chicago. They said it couldn't make payroll. Now I'm wondering myself why, why that glass company can't make payroll. Well, couldn't find out that glass company couldn't make payroll because that glass company couldn't borrow money from the bank. The bank had money, but the bank refused to loan them money to make their payroll. Now you think, well, this glass company in business, right, they making money. You know, they, they probably have maybe 30 days or 45 net pay, you know, to their clients, where their clients have 30 days or 45 days, you know, to pay them, to pay their bill. So in between that time, they go to a bank and they borrow money from a bank to make payroll because they know in 30, 45 days, they're going to have that money back, right? And they'll, and they'll pay the bank back. See, that's how the system works. That's when, that's when they led me to look into this thing. A lot of your corporations and businesses, the reason why when there's an economic downturn, they lay people off and they can't afford to pay people's salary is because they can't borrow money. All these big companies borrow money to make payroll because they had that 30 or 45 day net, net pay and, and a credit rating. Right? That credit rating tells the banks whether or not we can loan them money to make this payroll because they're going to get this money back in 30 or 45 days. And when the bank lose confidence in a company and their ability to pay them 30 or 45 days, the bank ain't going to loan them no money. So that's when these companies have to lay folks off. Because you would think a company makes money, right? The, the, money, the money they take in from, from, uh, from their sales, they put that money in, into a bank account, right? And they draw off that bank account to pay their workers. No. Every payroll, companies borrow money from the banks. The company probably take their money and invest their money in something else. The money that they make, their profits, they're a little, they, they, uh, after they pay all their overhead expenses, and the overhead expenses don't include payroll, you know, when they get that 45 year, doing that 40, 30, 40, when they, when they, when they get their money, they pay their overhead, they pay their payroll, they pay their business, and the profits, they take those profits, and them companies invest them profits somewhere else. So they don't, they don't have that profit money sitting on hand in the bank. Because they borrow from the bank every two weeks or whatever to meet payroll. Because they have that 30 or 45 day net pay to their clients. Now some of your bigger corporations to their suppliers, they tell their suppliers, we want 60 or 90 day net pay. Meaning we got three months to pay you supply for this screw. So what do you think that supplier is going to do? That supplier got three months before, he can get, before they can get paid off, off their screws. So that company got to go to the bank to make payroll, to borrow X amount of money from the bank to make payroll for three months. And then pay the bank, then pay the bank back. If they get their money. If they don't get their money, then nobody get paid. That check gonna bounce like uh like 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 that check gonna bounce like Kobe Bryant missing a jump shot. Oh no, not Kobe. Kobe don't miss no jump shots. 
That, that, that ball gonna bounce, that, that check gonna bounce like Lonzo Ball shooting a, <laughs> I like Lonzo, shooting a jump shot. I'll tell y'all. So that's how that thing worked. How that 30, 90 day thing worked. Because, and with low interest rates, right, with low interest rates, it's beautiful for businesses at this time. Because businesses can go, can, 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 can go borrow money to make payroll at 0% interest or maybe 1% interest. But see, the businesses got the upper hand now because they keep got to keep the economy going. So the business may say, "Nah," is that hey, we want to borrow money, to make that thirty, our our our, our 30, 30, 45, uh, 60 or ninety day payroll, but it has to be interest uh, uh, interest free. So the banks getting tired of that. The banks are getting tired of loaning money out to these big corporations and not getting anything in return. Yeah, the little average person that want a signature loan or buy a car. They may, you know, they may, they may hit them for seven, seven percent interest or four percent interest. They may hit them, but they can't hit the big corporations because like that's where you make the big money with the corporations. Because the big corporations are but are borrowing thousands of dollars to make payroll, right? The little person on the street, he may be buying, maybe borrowing maybe twenty thousand dollars to buy a car or X amount to, to put down on a house. He ain't borrowing no money, but the businesses are, and they, when they get this zero percent interest. They cleaning up because again they go and borrow money to make payroll. When when they money come back come back in from the from the sales, they paying the bank back only what they borrow with no interest. Back in the past, they used to have to pay the bank interest. They gotta do that now. So that's why they're threatening the the banks now. See this thing thing happened back then nineteen thirteen where the banks had money, but the banks refused to loan money until the United States implemented the Federal Reserve System. We'll talk about that another time. But see, it's a strong arm thing. So that's why I tell y'all this virus thing here going on, in my opinion, this virus thing here is the perfect storm, right, for the bankers. Perfect storm. Now, I'm going to tell y'all what's going on behind the closed doors. What's going on behind closed doors, there's some talks going on. The talks going on with the bankers, right? The bankers saying, we ain't, we're not giving away the cheap money no more. And the businesses and everybody saying, well, we're not going to hire. We're going to slow the economy down. Right? Trying to strong on the, strong on the bankers. But see, you can't, you can't strong, see, you can't strong on the bankers. But see, they trying with this economy slowing down. Because people, in order, in order for anything to change, people have, people have to suffer. Not the people who want to change. The people who are trying to, trying to implement the change, want to change, and fight for the change, they ain't suffering. The people are the ones that suffer because we ain't number bonds. We suffering. I mean, we gonna suffer. We, we gonna suffer until the bankers get what they want, and that's to raise interest rates. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion what's going on. And like I say, also at the same time too, the world want to teach China a lesson that, hey, if the world don't buy your products, you ain't got nothing. Who you going to sell it to? Yeah, you got four, two, three billion people out there, but can they afford all them products? Right? Where they going to get money at to buy it? Because China on that same system, system, system too, even though they print their own money, where, 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 where your people get money at to buy these, all these products, products that y'all making? Hmm? Where they going to get the money from? You gonna loan it to them at zero percent interest, or you gonna charge them interest? Charge them interest, they ain't, they they're not gonna make it. And if nobody buying your products, how are your people working to buy? So that's my twofold uh, thoughts on what's going on with the economy. 
And to me, everything everything centers around interest rates. That's all. That's all. That's all I got to say. I, I, I didn't beat this. I didn't beat this horse. I didn't beat this horse. I didn't beat this horse. And I just want to cash in on what I was talking about with Edward Bernays and propaganda. How propaganda is used with this virus and everything to help slow down the economy because them boys cannot raise the interest rates. But I guarantee you one thing: watch when you watch when the media start to turn. They try to tell you everything is okay. You're gonna see the interest rates. Probably two percent interest, maybe about one or two percent interest rate kick in. It's gonna be simultaneously at the same time. That's when things gonna get better. This corona scare gonna go on for a little bit. It's gonna go on for a little bit. But when you see the interest rate starting to change, even the stock market dropping. Dropping, stock market dropping. That's not good for business people. People losing money. Corporations are moving losing money. So would you rather lose money or would you rather pay one or two more percent of interest when you borrow money? I think everything now you'd rather lose all your money. I think I think you'd rather borrow two percent in you you'd rather go ahead and pay one one or two percent interest when the feds drop it up or move it up. That's just my opinion. And I don't know nothing. I got a Louisiana education. I don't know nothing. I'm looking at this thing from the outside looking in. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right there, y'all. Look, hey. Look, like I always tell y'all at the end, y'all support y'all local cigar spot. Man, look, I know y'all talking about, yeah, they got y'all scared about this coronavirus thing. Man, look, man, y'all go out there and y'all spend money, man. Find you a little local cigar spot because coronavirus don't like cigar smoke. Find you a little cigar spot, go in there, man. Get you a Arturo Fuente and your and, and, and your Maduro. Light it up, get you a little drink, whatever your little drink is, and talk to some folks about this economy. Talk to these folks about this propaganda. Now look, now I'm not saying that it ain't no such thing as no coronavirus. I'm telling you that this coronavirus is all part of a plan. No matter what it is, I don't know what it is, but it's all part of a plan. And you watch, you watch when, when, when this corona scare get lifted up, Watch the interest rates, and that's how y'all gonna know whether I was right about what I'm talking about. But y'all get y'all a cigar, and y'all go out to a local local cigar place, and y'all socialize, enjoy yourself, relax, pump some money to the local economy, save a little money, but pump a little money to the local economy, okay? Especially the cigar lounges. And like I tell y'all all the time, when I'm about gonna leave y'all in life, y'all take care of everybody, but more importantly. Y'all take care of y'all self first. All right now.